Yes, sir. What is going on, y'all? Happy Friday to you all, and welcome to another Friday discussion on the Coach Koo podcast. And our guest for that conversation today is Mr. PJ Nowak. Now, PJ is a native of Plymouth, Michigan, and an alumnus of Michigan State University, where he majored in economics while also playing second base for the baseball team. He was a three-time letter winner and two-time academic All-Big Ten selection during his time with the Spartans. Now, after graduation, PJ took his talents down to Austin, Texas, joining the team at Outbound Engine as a strategic accounts team lead, then moving up to a manager of business development. After a successful two years, PJ recognized his true calling and passion and founded The Donut, a free daily email newsletter that provides just the facts and a 360-degree view of the day's major headlines. Now, after a quick word from our sponsors, we are getting right into that conversation with PJ. He provides a lot of awesome insight, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear it. Let's get it. Hey, Coach Coop listeners. Are you tired of biased news and negative headlines flooding your inbox and feed? The Donut is a free daily email newsletter that provides just the facts and a 360-degree view of the day's major headlines. The Donut was born out of a desire to disrupt the news industry and provide frustrated consumers with a solution to news anxiety. Each newsletter includes a circular view of a trending influential topic and a fact-only and opinion-free synopsis of major events in politics, current events, business, technology, and the economy. And the sweetest section? A daily dose of positive stories that remind us the world is still full of good. So what are you waiting for? Get your sweet daily delivery starting now. Visit thedonut.co slash coachcube to subscribe. That's the donut, T-H-E-D-O-N-U-T dot C-O slash coachcube. T-H-E-D-O-N-U-T dot C-O slash coachcube to subscribe. Go and subscribe today and you will not regret it. Make it a great one, y'all. What's up, Coach Coop listeners? I want to share with you about our awesome friends over at Nemus Rush Wealth Management of Raymond James & Associates. Their team takes a long-term approach to financial planning and investment management, carefully coordinating all the pieces, both professional and personal, that are central to your ultimate financial success. They handle the business of managing your wealth, leaving you free to enjoy the business of living it. Call the team, located in Novi, Michigan, to speak with a financial advisor at 248-449-5436. Raymond James & Associates is a member of the New York Stock Exchange and SIPC. Again, the number is 248-449-5436. Call today and tell them Coach Coop sent you. Make it a great one, y'all. Yes, sir. All right. It is time to hop into this conversation. And without further ado, it is my joy. It is my pleasure to welcome Mr. PJ Nowak to the conversation today. PJ, welcome to the Coach Cool Podcast, my brother. Thank you for coming on, taking the time, and uh, let's get this thing going, dude. Appreciate you having me, man. I've been a big fan of the podcast ever since it first came out, so I'm, uh, I'm excited to be on here now. Appreciate that. That's big time. That's big time. And we go um, a ways back, obviously, PJ, but for everybody else listening, um, if you could take a quick minute, 
and give a little bit of background on who you are, where you come from, what you got going on right now, what you've been through, everything in between, um, just to give a little foundation to the conversation. I think that would be awesome. Man, how uh, how long do we have? Oh man, we got forever. You do your thing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. But yeah, no, I'm I'm Peter PJ Nowak, uh, founder and CEO of the Donut. Stands for Dose of News, Useful Today. So yep. we are a news organization we're dedicated to providing you know just the facts in a 360 degree view of the world around us, and also reminding people that. Yeah, there may be a lot of bad stuff happening in the world, but there's a lot of really good stuff happening in the world as well. So we surface a lot of the positive stories that you just don't hear about. Awesome. Um, and a little bit of background on me, like you said, you and I go way back, man. So I've also lived everywhere. So I was born in Michigan, uh, moved to India, Hong Kong, California, Michigan, Massachusetts, Michigan, Texas. So but kind of everywhere and uh, call Michigan my home, I would say. Um, and that's where you and I, you know, kind of connected in, what was it elementary school? Is that where it was? Um, elementary a little bit then for sure. In high school, it manifested for sure. Yep. Yeah. I remember you at uh, OLGC, man, OLGC. just draining threes from the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I was trying at least. <laughs> no, there was always that, uh, that buzz around like, God, John Jakubic, that guy's a freaking stud, man. And then uh, I remember, I literally still remember the first time that we played each other, you hit three threes back to back to back and three subsequent like three consecutive possessions from the corner <laughs> there you go that was uh that must have been a uh, uh lightning only strikes once day because that didn't happen too often yeah <laughs> well hey man i i couldn't shoot so uh there i always admired that i love it no i appreciate that um yeah, trying to carry those stud days on to today still i think the uh the eighth grade basketball glory days are Long from gone. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. So, P, that's awesome. I think that's a phenomenal point that you just made. you kind of been all over the world. You lived in quite literally damn near every single continent across this entire planet. Um, so with those kind of experiences, um, with the kind of the theme of this podcast being leadership and development, um, I think perspective is huge. And I think when you travel to different places, not only within the United States, but the entire world, you gain a new perspective each time you go to a new spot. So with living in all those different places, what were some of the biggest takeaways, um, good, bad, happy, sad, whatever, from being in all those different spots? And how did that kind of um, help you progress as a person and kind of make you into who you are and how you think today? Man, that is a, that is a great question. So I think you, you hit the nail on the head there when it's opening your perspective, right? It, it's, it's kind of expanding your worldview by being uh, inundated in you know, different cultures, different locations, just People are people, yeah, but they're not all the same. And it's fascinating, super fascinating to me to learn about different cultures and you know, get involved with different cultures because I like to think of myself as a, a student, right? Like I'm, I'm going to be a lifelong student, never the teacher. So being a lifelong student, it, you kind of go into these different situations with a super open mind where you go, okay, so wow, that's really cool that culturally you guys do this why right and just digging deeper behind the why which i think again to the point of expanding your perspective and worldview that really does a great job of expanding your mind and also making you more open to you know different cultures new ideas different ways of doing things which i think is really important with what we're doing at the donut right because the general idea is yeah you know there are a whole bunch of people in the world with a whole bunch of different perspectives but at the end of the day we're people 
and we have one world to share, right? So let's all figure out some sort of way to get along. And the way that I can always see to get along is by understanding somebody's perspective, their mind, where they're coming from, because that's where the empathy comes in, right? And then just the the true human connection uh, is kind of something that I feel like I've uh, I've done a pretty decent job over my life of establishing, and I would say that would probably be the the main uh, the main benefit of being in all these different places. For sure, I love that, and that's exactly right. And I think it's really cool too, kind of being from Metro Detroit. Of course, the whole world is a much bigger place than that area, but um, to a certain degree, you've got a lot of different cultures going on, not only in the city of Detroit but the surrounding areas. You get people from all over the world kind of coming to that spot, yep. uh, making it their home. And I think we got a little bit. Um, or at least a little, a, a little taste of that, which I think certainly helped me in terms of that perspective seeking and that empathy and being able to communicate and connect with not only people that are like us, but different than us. And that's so vital and so important, especially as we grow up and move and we do all these different things. And, and that's so awesome. And that's so awesome. I love that. Now, P, um, talking about your athletic career a little bit, phenomenal baseball player we played together in, in high school. Um, you move on to Michigan State, you play there, you do your thing. Um, you know, did you have your set or your sights kind of set on a professional baseball career? Um, or did you kind of see it as a finite thing? Um, and once that career was kind of over with, um, what was the transition like in terms of getting away from athletics? And I know for me, it was certainly tough. Um, and I'm really interested to hear your perspective on making that transition once you're done. Um, or was that something you always kind of envisioned that it was going to happen right after college or, or how, how did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So as most kids growing up, right, you probably relate to this as well too. Uh, I wanted to be a professional athlete and that's all I dreamed about. I wanted to play professional baseball. I was going to be the best baseball player that ever existed. Right. And that was the dream right. and, uh, excelling at the different levels growing up right? It's, it's the whole big fish in a small pond. And then when you get to, and you ran into this as well too, on the, the football side of things, right. right? When you get up and up and up and up in levels, the level of competition is crazy. Right? so you're the best player in your high school team, but you get to college baseball and yeah, you, you know, you're lower tier. So that's kind of what I found uh, getting into college was, I wasn't as good as I thought I was, which is so humbling. It's extraordinarily humbling. So that's when I started to kind of feel lost and listless, right? Because my entire life up to that point was I'm going to be a professional baseball player. And I kind of Mm -hmm. saw that as an identity, Mm -hmm. right? So being in in college and actually figuring out like, okay, I'm not going to be a professional baseball player. What the hell else am I going to do? Yeah. And uh, the the whole experience as an athlete, though, was awesome because, you know, you're essentially doing two jobs at that point in time, right? You're a student and you're an athlete and you have like the mandated study hours. Plus on top of that, you're, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week uh, in your, you know, in your respective sport. Um, So it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for, you know, self-reflection and and expanding the perspective like we were talking about before. So as soon as I figured out I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player, that's where I was like, okay, you know, what are my other passions? And ever since I was 14 years old, I wanted to start a business. So wow. I'm really weird. I am, I'm an odd individual, as you'll, you'll find weird out. Is cool. So, weird is cool. Weird is cool. I love it. Hey, that's, that's not what we heard growing up, right? Yeah, but now I love that that's, that, that that's true. Um, but yeah, so ever since I was 14 years old, I would write business plans for fun in my spare time. 
Wow. So I started to explore entrepreneurship a little bit more. And, you know, once the, the baseball career ended, there was, and you might also relate to this as well, too, there's like a, a void. Right? Like, especially since you're so wrapped up uh, identity-wise in being a baseball player, being an athlete, sure. a, a lot of times it feels like there's something missing. Yep. And so the, tran- the transition period for me was difficult, man. It really was because you have this whole hole, this void in your, your being and, and you don't have a purpose anymore. It doesn't feel yeah. like you don't have a purpose anymore. Yeah. So the transition to the real world, uh, as I like to call it, you're working 40 hours a week. Well, that's like half of what I'm used to. Yeah, and so no it's doubt. like, what, like, like what, the, what the hell am I going to do to fill up the other hours? And yep. that's where you really start to, or I really started to explore my passions and, uh, you know, got into entrepreneurship and one thing led to another and here we are. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, that, and that's a great point too. And I think for me personally, I was blessed with the opportunity to go coach football in a collegiate setting after I was done. And then I still worked in a sports performance facility and even last year working at Ohio State. So, um, you know, not being purposeful in those endeavors, but it was almost like a nice little um, mesh point in terms of playing and not playing, but I'm still involved in the sport and now do what I'm doing. I'm completely out of it. So I was almost extremely blessed in a sense where it wasn't like cold turkey sports are out of my life and it is what it is. And I think that's just like with transitions in life in general, whether it's I'm trying to get back in shape or I'm trying to transition to a job, whatever, instead of kind of going cold turkey, making small changes and progressing forward in that way, I think is big time. And I think it helps tremendously in terms of that transition, because if you just cut something off, it's been a part of your life forever. Um, I'm not saying it can't work, but I think it definitely makes it more challenging. Um, for sure. And I mean, I mean, hell, I, I, I tried out for a few CFL teams just to kind of have that itch still. Like I was still training, like I was playing, let alone obviously knew in the back of my mind. Playing <laughs> but you know what? it's cool. And I think those competitive characteristics and natures are certainly carrying over in our lives now. And I think that's why, you know, we're doing okay. We're, we're, we're kind of finding our way and we're doing our thing. Um, yeah, man. Pivot. Did you find, go ahead. Yeah. Well, did, did you find in terms of like the, the transition that you learned a lot more about yourself as a result of that process? Like a lot of self-exploration? 100%. Yeah. And I think it was really cool too, because we were so blessed to be around phenomenal people, whether it was our teammates, our coaches, yeah. our university, even our parents. Cause you know, we go to Michigan state and home's only an hour away. So you're still kind of around that environment in your high school, or whatever. Um, but stepping away from that, you know, I know you moved to Texas right after school. I, I moved to Missouri and it was a complete new atmosphere and different whatever. And it was really cool to see how, one, at, at first it was certainly tough because I'm not going to say that those experiences were any less important or less cool, but like you just held yourself to such a high standard and sort of the people around you that you had to live up to that every single day. And then going to a new environment that's completely different and not necessarily finding that every single day. Like, it was tough for sure, but it was also really cool to recognize how blessed we were to have those opportunities and learn those things at such a young age um, yeah. that not many people get to experience. So for me, I've always tried to keep that perspective, not um, you know, kind of sad it's gone and it's over with, but more I'm so appreciative that it happened. And now because that it did happen, the platform and the foundation that I have moving forward is that much better as a result. Um, but at the same time, yeah. kind of like you're saying, self-discovery for sure. Like I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm out of my environment. I'm 
halfway across the country, like I got to rely on myself a little bit more probably than I ever have. And kind of falling on your face a little bit is a good thing in my opinion, especially in that yep. situation. Um, Cause you learn a, a hell of a lot about yourself for better or for worse. And you can move forward. It's a challenge and it's all good. So that's kind of what I found personally. So, yeah, well, and dude, you hit the nail absolutely on the head with that because getting out of that scenario, right, where you're you're in uh, the the kind of athletic scenario each day, every day, you don't appreciate it as much as you really should. But right. then stepping away from it and looking back on those experiences, like, holy shit, man, that was awesome, right? right. And like, oh my god, we went went to the freaking Rose Bowl, we beat Stanford right. in the last right. like and. Baylor, the the New Year's Eve, right? Like just yeah. looking back at those now, yeah. like holy cow, that was such a cool experience. We got we got close proximity to some incredible, amazing people, and it's something that I admittedly took for granted at the time. But looking back on it now, it's like I no that's one of my bigger regrets. So no doubt, for sure. So now now now, Pete, that kind of reminds me. Let me ask you this: so so your playing career is done, baseball is done. And you decide to move to Austin, Texas, right? Not Detroit, Michigan, not Royal Oak, Michigan, not close, not saying that's a bad thing, but to really take that leap of faith and go somewhere completely different. How did you kind of come to that realization? That's where you wanted to be. Maybe you didn't know that's where you wanted to be. And it was an opportunity. You just jumped at it. Um, what did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, that's a, a great question as well. So as I mentioned, I used to write uh, business plans in my in my spare time. Yeah. And really, after realizing that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, trying to figure out again, you know, what I'm going to do with life. It's okay. I want I want to pursue entrepreneurship. I want to build something. I want to create something that provides a lot of value for people. So the two places to do that in the country in the U.S. are Silicon Valley. And then Austin was just emerging as this major tech hub about three years ago, or it might not have just been emerging, but I had just heard of it three Got years it. ago. And exploring opportunities in Silicon Valley, you know, I, from a financial perspective, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me paying, you know, a few thousand bucks a month for a studio apartment, spending two hours round trip in traffic each day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's taxes on top of that. The cost of living is just really high. So as an entry level position, somebody who's trying to, you know, establish themselves in a new place with no support system, no community, nothing. I didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then right. I sight unseen came down to Austin, uh, interviewed with a few, few different companies in the Austin area, didn't really explore the city at all, like, uh, like an idiot, and then found a, a great job uh, that I ended up taking moved to Austin and found this is one of the best cities I've ever been to, right? There's dogs gotcha. everywhere and who doesn't love dogs? There's the downtown feel. It's vibrant. There's live music. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of culture in the area as well too, which is freaking awesome in, in my opinion. And, you know, I never want to leave. So uh, that's gotcha. just a little bit about how I, I came to Austin and coming to Austin. I wanted to get into close proximity with people who, you know, started these companies and shared the same or similar passions for entrepreneurship gotcha. um, that I did. So that's, oh, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's the story. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, so you go down there, you start working for this company and you're a few years in. And like you said, you've always kind of had this itch to start something for yourself. You wanted to be the guy, you wanted to do your own thing. When did it kind of resonate with you that it was a great time to now take that leap? So you've been working there a few years. Was it some you know, spontaneous decision was something that was more calculated. Um, when push came to shove and you actually took that leap of faith, you took that jump, 
Um, what were kind of the deciding factors? Have you had any, or did you just say, screw it, I'm going to do it? Um, what did that process kind of look like? Kind of like a, like a combination of all, all of the above. You know, okay. So my plan was to, again, move to a place where I could gain some real-world experience in the startup space. Mm-hmm. And I guess just with – I'm trying to think of how to, how to best phrase this. Yeah. So with the, the focus that I had and the, the company I was working for, you know, I got promoted a few different times and then ended up hitting a roadblock where I just wasn't going to advance any further in the, the current setup. And there was okay. you no know, management change and there was a lot of, of turmoil kind of going on within the company at that point in time. And I wanted more responsibility, right? Like I wanted to build something, I wanted to create something. And there's always the opportunity to do that within a company, right? So that was where I wanted to go first. There's more stability, right? I don't have a whole ton of of real world experience. Yeah. So the lack of of the real responsibility at the time frustrated the hell out of me. And then combined with the frustration of, you know, the the news industry and, and kind of the passion that I have for the, you know, the donut and, and transforming news consumption in a positive way, uh, just kind of converse. So gotcha. it's like, fuck it, let's, let's, let's do this. Right. For like sure. what's the worst that could happen, you know, fail and we're back to square one. Yeah. And then it, what actually helped with that as well too, is my boss at the time at that company shared the same frustrations I did. Huh. So we ended up to, we kind of coordinated our departure around the same time gotcha. and started working on this, this together. That's awesome. That's awesome. So in terms of the news outlet, right? So again, the donut, that's, that, that's your spot. Now it's what you're doing. It's an awesome platform. Everybody should go check it out. Um, was the news industry outlet, this type of platform, you know, you, you said you always wanted to create something. Was this something that you wanted to create or was this something kind of the past couple of years that started to formulate and you thought it was a perfect mesh point? Um, how did you ultimately decide on that being the entity that you wanted to create? Yeah. So ever since I was young, I have loved the news, right? So I, I remember as a kid waking up every single morning, uh, looking forward to getting, like reading that print newspaper, you know, cover to cover. And wow. I think it's really, really empowering to know what's going on in the world, right? And, and what's shaping the world around us. It, it was always empowering to me to know that, to have that sort of knowledge. Yeah. And then couple that with the fact as a kid, my parents had trained our dogs to actually retrieve the paper. <laughs> so they would get so excited about it. And they had a, a black lab and a yellow lab. So both of the dogs named Trammel, wake up in the morning, put my robe on, you know, I'm a little kid and my little slippers and open the front door. It's like, Trammel, go get the paper. And the dog yeah. would be so excited to bring it back to me. I'd be so excited to read it. And I read it cover to cover every single morning. Love the Sunday editions because there's yeah. cartoons in the Sunday edition. Right. right? And uh, yeah. I, so I was kind of aware, right? just because I've, I've been reading the news and been a news consumer, an avid news consumer myself for pretty much my whole life. So I was aware of the general transformation Love of it. the industry, right? You know, from like the, the print newspaper to more of an online focus and the changing in incentives, right? Where it, uh, the incentives are more towards sensationalist reactionary coverage because the business right. model is to drive page yeah. views, clicks, that sort right. of thing, right? And then, and then we have the 2016 election that rolls around. Okay. And it's apparent that misinformation is everywhere, right? News coverage is polarizing, bias. And this is on both sides, right? It's not just one side or the other. Absolutely. Polarizing, yeah. bias, and negative. And then this was the real frustrating thing for me because I, I do love reading. But the fact that it took so much time to sift through coverage to figure out what's actually going on in the world, 
it's like I got to a breaking point at, at that, literally at that point, it was March, 2018. I started writing the business plan and you know, just everything progressed until we got to this point. Got you. Got you. That's so cool. That's so cool. And, and I think it's awesome too. So I've been reading this book by Mark Rudolph, old CEO of Netflix. Um, he just came out with his gig and he's kind of going through the whole progression of how he came to terms with um, kind of creating this entity and how, um, you know, for him, his whole life, the perspective he's always tried to take on is identify a problem in the world. Number one, number two, find a passion that you're very passionate about. Number three, find a passion that you're very knowledgeable about. And hopefully that perfect storm kind of formulates itself into something that you can create. And it's so cool to hear you talk about that. Cause I just read that chapter that he talked about that a few days ago. And that sounds like exactly what you're doing. So to hear another example of that kind of come to fruition, um, is awesome. Is awesome. And I love that. And obviously Netflix is doing well. So I highly anticipate you guys to be the next Netflix of the news. I think that'd be fantastic. And oh, that'd be awesome. What, what, what is Netflix? I don't know if I've ever heard of it before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it's so cool. no, that, that story is, yeah, that story is fascinating. What you were talking about. I read something the other day about the, the Mark Randolph and Reed Hastings meeting. I think they were yeah. talking to, uh, was it Amazon? Where they were, they were talking through some sort of blockbuster. Blockbuster. That's what it, that that has to have been what it was because there was some sort of initial acquisition talk. Yeah, and obviously that yep. didn't. Yeah, yeah, and that didn't obviously pan out. And now, now look at them, right? Yeah, exactly right. And he kind of talked about that too. He's like, "What a blessing in disguise." He's like, "We're in the hole, like fifty mil, and we're trying to sell this thing off." And they said, "Screw off!" Basically, um, playing right back. He said, "All right, only option we got is to beat him out, to say screw him, and, and get it done." And they obviously did. Um, so yeah, that, that's so incredible. So now, moving forward, you decide, you write the business plan, you're going to make this movie, you're going to do your thing. I mean, I have no idea what do the early stages of creating, not just like a website and a news platform, but just in general, like, like day one, you walk into the office, you walk back and you're like, like, where do you go from there? Like, what were kind of the initial stages of that process and what did it look like for you guys and starting to implement this plan that you put in place? Yeah, that's a great question. So the business plan I was talking about was actually night, well, not night and day. It was completely different when we started off. Right? So we we're actually going to be an events and apparel focused company that work to bring together uh, people for productive, rational, and civil conversations to help okay. combat the political polarization you know we're dealing with as a as a country. Uh, we call it Dear America. Okay. So as a, a marketing component for this events and, and lifestyle apparel company, we started sending out a daily email newsletter that was geared towards providing a solution to all of the the news industry problems I outlined earlier. And the, the general idea being that there needs to be an agreed upon starting point for people engaging in these types of discussions. Gotcha. Right? So like what's better than delivering just the facts to people on all sides of the ideological spectrum so they have some sort of reference point to start these conversations. Gotcha. Right? So people really started resonating with the, the daily newsletter and again, combined with my passion for the news and some other circumstances like a season desist letter and uh, a few other things. We had to pivot from Dear America. We ended up rebranding the company as the donut okay. and then launched the email newsletter, our first product this past June. We should actually have another couple products coming in the next month or so. But uh, awesome. throughout this whole process, man, it's simultaneously the most exhilarating 
and the most stressful thing I have ever done, right? Yeah. Ever. Like there have been, and I, I won't, <laughs> I won't lie to you. There was a lot of weeks and you know months, even when we're starting off, where I'm balling my eyes out like three, four days a week due to stress, right? Long work hours, no sleep, no yeah. pay, right? It's but also at the same time, like I think we were talking about this offline. I wake up every day with a big fat smile on my face. Gotcha. Right? So it's like the the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys. It's like a freaking sine curve, right? Where it's like it, trying to figure out a way. And this was what was most challenging for me was figuring out a way to remain even keel, even in the face of everything else going on. That's right. Uh, and it's I don't know, man. It's been an, an awesome process, and I can't wait to see where it takes me. That's really cool, and I love that you just mentioned that at the end because I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, it was on Jay Shetty's podcast and I can't remember who was on, but it was a guy who does just crazy shit in general he, and whatever he was doing. And he was talking about in particular, he was trekking across Antarctica and it was just him. He was doing his thing and the ups and downs of that. But he was talking about how he lives. So if you think about your life on a zero to 10 scale in terms of emotion and feeling like you're really truly feeling things, zero being, you know, you're crying, you're sad, you're desolate, you don't know where to go. 10 being the happiest you've ever been and you can't get in high or whatever. And I would say everything else in between is just kind of average and you're just kind of coasting, you're just kind of existing. And he said, I live for the moments when I'm either at a zero or a 10 or maybe a one and maybe a nine. Because regardless of the situation, at least I'm feeling something. I'm feeling some type of emotion. I'm feeling some sort of drive happy sad good or bad whatever and he said what i fear in life most is not failing or succeeding but just existing and just kind of coasting through life as is and that struck a chord with me because it was so cool because i feel like obviously we all fall in this rut sometimes where we get complacent we get comfortable and we're just kind of going through things day by day not really thinking or not having a purpose or not being conscious what we're doing. And I thought that was so cool. And the fact that you just said like you would sit up crying some nights and I'm sure there's some moments when you, you know, you, you spark a new deal or you release a new platform or whatever, like it, it's a 10 out of 10. You can't control that emotion. Like that is so cool. And I feel like if more people could experience that and really try to seek that and find that in their life, how much happier people would be. And obviously you're going to find the peaks and the valleys and whatever, but I don't know. Like that's exactly where I'm at too. And I, 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 I it's really incredible. You just mentioned that. And um, that was kind of a tangent by me there a little bit, but just, 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 just to feel things for once um, I think is yeah. remarkable. So kudos to you for that. Though. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. And, and it's, like I said, simultaneously been the most exhilarating and most stressful thing I've ever done, but I get it. it's also going to be probably the most rewarding. Right. Exactly and right. Yeah, you're. I, I don't know, man. I I just think you're you're hitting on the nail, the nail on uh, on the head there, and like the the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys is like, yeah, you close a deal and you're like, oh my gosh, nothing's gonna stop us, right? And then there's days where it's like yeah. fire after fire after fire after fire. And you're like, will this ever end? Yeah. Right? But again, at the same time, it's the going back to my question earlier to you about the self discovery. It's the most the the greatest thing that I have ever done to this point, which isn't saying a whole lot, right? Because I've learned so much about myself, you know, and yeah. just who I am as a person, as a human being, and what I want to do and what I want to accomplish. And that is, I mean, it's awesome. Like the, that's part of filling the void that I was I was talking about earlier. Uh-huh. And it's uh, working towards towards being happy, man. Because that's that's what we all want, right? Boom. No, that's exactly right. 
And no, that's it. That's it. Now, kind of in closing here, as we wrap this thing up, because I know you got to roll. Speaking of the donut, where can people find you? Where can they subscribe? Um, how should they get involved? Because again, disclaimer to everybody else out there, I know at the beginning of this thing, I, I kind of gave my own little advertisement, but phenomenal resource, phenomenal platform, unbiased view of what's going on in the world right now. Um, everybody should go check it out. But P, where can people find you? What should they do? How should they do it? Um, the, the, the stage is yours. Give us a little um, direction in terms of how to go about that. I appreciate that, man. You can find us at thedonut.co. So that's T-H-E-D-O-N-U-T dot C-O. Uh, first product we've rolled out is, as I mentioned earlier, a daily email newsletter. Delivers just the facts, 360 degree view of what's going on. Yep. In addition to that, right, because there's so many negative headlines, major disasters, mass shootings, all of that stuff. Uh, it can really weigh on some people and, and especially myself. And having a daily reminder of positive stuff going on in the world is super impactful, super powerful. Yeah. So we include positive stories in everything we do, right? Just a reminder that there is good in the world. So go to the website, thedonut.co, sign up for the daily email newsletter. And then one ask here, just hit reply and give me some feedback. Gotcha. That email will come directly to me and let's open a dialogue and let's work towards transforming the news industry and the country in a positive way. So cool. I love it. Yeah, I could definitely be better at that too. So disclaimer for me too, y'all comment, you know, message, whatever. I'd love to hear y'all opinion. Um, cause that dialogue is so important. We need to talk about that stuff more. Exactly right. P now to wrap it up question. I ask everybody, and I'm gonna drop it on you real quick. And the question is this 50, 60, 70, 80 years, however long you live, your time has come, you're dead and gone. PJ Nowak is done with, but the people that you have to mark on, um, the groups of people, the world, who knows, um, are talking about you and, you know, they're at their, your, your funeral, whatever. What do you want those people to say about you at that point in time and the impact that you made, not only on them, but the world as a whole? I love that you asked that question because one of the exercises I actually went through trying to figure out where I wanted to go in life and what I wanted to do, what I wanted to accomplish, how I wanted to be remembered, I actually sat down and reverse engineered my goals. Right? So sat down and put a lot of time and effort into thinking, where do I want to be at the end of my life? And then reverse engineering it to get to like concrete, uh, actionable, granular steps to actually make it there. So the premise that I started off with was I want to make a large scale positive impact on the world. And I also have a passion for business, entrepreneurship. So the intersection of those two is obviously ideal. Right? So uh, my goal, so this is my North Star, by the time I'm 45, twofold. Uh, first one being I want to have enough money or uh, impact to start a foundation that provides support and help for veterans to help them acclimate back to civilian life wow. uh, when they come back from overseas. Because the, the sacrifice these men and women make is, it's humbling to me, right? It's absolutely sure. incredible what absolutely. they go through to give us the, you know, the, the life that we have here in, um, in the country, which is yeah. absolutely incredible to me. So anything I can do to impact that uh, is, you know, paramount for me. Uh, the second one, you'll probably relate really well to this being from the same area. Uh, I want to create an investment firm that invests in projects that help improve struggling cities. And the reason being, 
when the economy took the downturn, whether it 2007, 2008, yep. uh, 2009, uh, we saw what happened to Detroit, right? Yep. Plants closed, a bunch of people got laid off. The city got a hell of a lot worse. And then what happens? Dan Gilbert comes in, right? The founder of Quicken Loans, owner of yep. the Cavs, invests in the city, pours a ton of money and investment into it. It's night and day different, right? There's thousands of people that are employed downtown. Google has an office in the area. Quicken Loans has an office there. And I thought it was so cool that he was able to positively impact the world and, and change kind of the fortunes of a city through business. Yep. So to me, that's like the intersection of the large scale positive impact and also business, yep. which is ideal for me. Um, but the plans I made stopped at 45 years old because uh, at that point, I just want to focus the majority of my time on my family and then, you know, continuing to follow what I'm passionate about. Gotcha. So people in 50, 60, 70 years, I wanted to look back and say, wow, that, uh, that guy made a large scale positive impact on the world. That's incredible. I love that. And I feel like after hearing that, I need to go write down my own goals because holy hell, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone um, <laughs> you know, when I'm 45 years old. But I love that. I love that. Well, P, um, I really appreciate your time especially with a startup like yours. I know time is of the essence um, and to take time out of your day to do this stuff. Um, I very, very much appreciate you and the insights and uh, we'll have to do this again soon, but appreciate you. Love you dog and uh, keep on rocking and I'll try to push your stuff as much as possible because I truly believe in it. And thank you for that impact. Really appreciate it. Hey, love you too, dude. Thanks for taking the time to, to talk with me today. I had an absolute blast. Love to love to do this again whenever you have me. No doubt. No doubt. And we will most certainly do so. And to everybody else out there, I encourage you guys to have conversations like these more often because you just never know what people can bring to the table, um, what they are trying to get off their chest um, or what they have to offer, everything between. So um, as always, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your listenership and uh, have a fantastic weekend. Seek a challenge or two. Seek a conversation or two that can enrich your lifestyle and enrich yourself and make the world a much better place and to help you become the best version of yourself you can possibly be. Okay. We'll see you back in, uh, on here on Monday. And as always, God bless coach. Cool.